Hello all and welcome to the newest episode of the Noobs and Knockouts podcast. I'm Austin. I'm a knockout. I've watched a lot of wrestling. I'm David. I'm a noob. I haven't watched a ton of wrestling, um, but uh, but I'm breaking out of that jail of of, of being unfamiliar with, with wrestling uh, to, to bring you more content-y goodness today. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Okay, because Austin is out of jail now. Not me, Austin. It's the, the, the cool one. Stone the, the, Cold the, 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 the Cold Stone Creamery. Yes, the Cold Stone Austin. <laughs> and so, as, as I mentioned at the end of our last show, uh, this will be our last time in the Attitude Era <sighs> WWF for a little while. Oh, it's so sad. I'm even I, I, like, damn, I'm legitimately sad about this. Like, I started off really like just dunking on Attitude Era, but it's kind of come to have a special place in my heart. It's goofy and it's edgelordy, but mm-hmm. like, God, realizing that it came after the fucking new generation just makes it feel so much better that I'm just like, oh, <laughs> yeah. This is yeah. good. This is quality by oh, comparison. No. Oh yeah, I definitely get that. It, for for me, I'm it, I de- there definitely has a certain charm to it that that I like, and I am, will be sad to not have on the show for a while. I know. Um, it's it, yeah. It it's it's rip the uh rip the rip the the the, the attitude era. But I I feel like we're gonna go out with a bang today. I believe we are because, all right. So I guess I was, I was going to uh, open up before we talk about any of the stuff that it like there, this is two weeks after our last episode, the April 13th, 98 mm-hmm. episode of raw. And so before I get into what happened on the April 6th episode, I kind of want to talk a little bit about, um, you know, we, and we can talk more about it in the back half. We want to talk mm-hmm. about like uh, our thoughts on the attitude era overall, if we want to do that. But I want to o- start here in this front half talking about like why I chose the episodes I chose, because this wasn't like we, we weren't following a traditional storyline per se. Like I, it didn't even start this way intentionally. I, I picked the first episode we did episode four. Um, the one, the one, the one that doesn't have a name because that's not how I, we weren't naming episodes yet. We, we Austin and I had a, had a chance to reflect recently about like how far our formats come. Uh, and so yeah, the early mm. days, like, damn, we didn't even have our like funny, clever, charming titles or anything. It's so sad. Yeah. So that first episode, I was just like, what's an episode, uh, to show David what the attitude air is about. Um, it was, was the Madison, it was Madison it was in Madison Square Garden and I picked it because it's early enough that we could early enough that I don't have to it's early in the attitude era I, I knew I wanted to do kind of early attitude era and it was the first time that uh Stone Cold uh hit Vince McMahon with a stunner <laughs> and the attitude era is so largely defined by the rivalry between Stone Cold Steve Austin and Vince McMahon that, that felt like an apropos um starting point for us on this podcast in that in that era but then um you know we hit to episode 10 11 we met we because of because um it was going to be episode 10 but then we did the Brody lee tribute but so episode 11 was the next time we went to the attitude era uh i picked that episode as episode 11 wrestling is fake said vince mcmahon the first uh and i picked that one because it's obvious it's the the cure for the common show promo which is a it was his big kayfabe breaking moment to have on tv but at the same time also talking about like the you know um not insulting the intelligence of the of the of your audience <laughs> and and you know um you know we're not doing the same old same old good guys and bad guys kind of thing it's, it's kind of like a kind of like a mission statement for the attitude era 
you know, you, you, when you get away from the stuff that is explicitly referring to this as a TV show, as like a scripted TV show. Yeah. It's, I mean, that moment we, we talked in that episode about Mm -hmm. how kind of bizarre that moment was, but it's such a defining moment that even, even though we like were laughing about how weirdly nonchalant and almost kind of smug it was Mm -hmm. it like, the the way that changes the context of everything going forward from that point uh it, it's it's it, 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 i cannot i cannot put into words um the the impact just the deep deep impact that leaves on the rest of wrestling history mm-hmm. and so it makes it in a lot of ways like the attitude era is one of the most important eras in wrestling for that fact, which is a weird thing to say, but it's true. Yeah, it, it absolutely it is. And then episode 15, the baddest man versus the toughest SOB that that one was was as much that one was like that is one of the defining moments of the attitude era of, you know, the, the Tyson Austin uh. showdown. And it also was it was a big signif signif uh, it was kind of a big signifier of of the WWF kind of turning the corner, you know, people, you know, you look at 19. 1997 overall was a very strong year in terms of creatively like the writing was really strong in 97 but the business hadn't quite caught up yet mm-hmm. you you see that a lot in history of course is that it takes time for these things to kind of pay off it takes time for the bad to to cause things to collapse and in and it takes time for the good to catch on and to people to buy into that yeah no i i think i think like even though we've We've obviously been approaching it in a slightly disjointed way. I think the the way in which we structure the show and like visiting the various eras, I think it does a really. Uh, I, I think we've done a really good job at kind of highlighting that domino effect of like mm-hmm. all the little things building up, kind of since the golden age that led to the new generation, and then consequently led to the revival in the um, in the attitude era. Just just like all the little mm-hmm. things that snowballed together, absolutely wild. Yeah. And, and, you know, the, the Mike Tyson thing, getting Mike Tyson involved was the turning point for like, they got a ton of publicity for this. And WrestleMania 14 was a financial, was a huge financial success. And that, that was really a turning point for them in terms of being like, oh, okay, the WWF is cool again. This, mm. this is a thing you got to watch because Mike Tyson is showing up on yeah. this show. Impressive. Mm-hmm. And then uh, episode 19, an army of five and a nation of four. Uh, the first episode after WrestleMania 14, I picked that for very obvious reasons of um, that is the, the first episode with Stone Cold Steve Austin as the WWF champion, you know, the Austin era beginning there but also you know that also that episode incidentally and we followed a i feel like we followed a lot of the like key players of the attitude era through like their define their not necessarily their defining stories necessarily for some of them but for like the things that set them on the path to be who they to be like their best selves in a way during the attitude era we followed uh stone cold with tyson and with Vince McMahon, The Rock joint uh, usurping the nation, uh, Degeneration X kind of coloring not only Shawn Michaels' tail end of his first run of his career, but also kind of defines where Triple H's career goes. 
and helps elevate him to being a, a, top, a higher level star. And then Undertaker and Kane being a big defining moment for those, for both of their careers. So, and I, so I think that episode 19 was just kind of a big encapsulation of that. Absolutely. Uh, it's God. Yeah. Yeah, and so today, what what is the significance? Is that, you know, all of this buildup is to, is that at the end of the day, the Attitude Era is defined by, I think, the Monday, in the largest sense possible, was defined by the Monday Night War, where Monday Night, WCW, Monday Nitro, and WWF, Monday Night Raw, were both airing at the same time on opposite cable networks, and they were fighting each other for ratings. And for the fur for and we and there for a three consecutive weeks. Well, not exactly consecutive weeks, but consecutive head to head. Some I'm not counting times where they were preempt where one or the other show was preempted by something, and they were by themselves, right? But for eighty three consecutive weeks, WCW has had higher ratings than WWF. But this episode was the first time in 83 weeks that WWF won the ratings war. Oh, okay. Because uh, that rivalry has been a whole whole thing. So, okay, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah, basically ever since WCW started the NWO storyline, um, they've just been winning uncontested for the half of 96 and all of 1997 but and then but finally the current they we a a corner has been turned and i think the most interesting thing about that is i looked in and i looked into this is that it wasn't a situation where wcw lost viewers um they will in the future but that's a story for another time but in night early 1998 wcw's ratings are as good as they've ever been wwf just got better bigger ratings they just kept going up wcw it wasn't a situation where they were necessarily taking wcw's audience and i think that's something that's absolutely wild to consider yeah the 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 history of WCW as you've explained it to me, um, it just seems I don't know if fraught's the right word, but uh, it just it, it's it seems a, so much more tenuous, um, which is which is wild to say after we've explored just the lows of the new generation, um, and that this is like WWF kind of coming out of that, um, but to know that they gave them such a run for their money, um, mm-hmm. for over a year. Um, well, over, over a year and a half, um, and are kind of now starting to, in a way, sink back into the depths a little bit. Um, it's almost, there's, there's almost something kind of sad about it. Uh, just cause you know, that means we're getting to the point where WWF slash E is going to like reign supreme for another like couple decades before they get like some real competition again. Yeah, and and I I think tenuous is a good word because, um, and I'm gonna I, I would I will probably save a lot more of a diatribe on on WCW for when we do a WCW story, but I will say that kind of like one of the things that 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 doesn't get talked about enough because WWE doesn't like talking about it. They like to 
they like to treat the WCW victory as like a grand champion sh- champion of them championing. Uh, I don't <laughs> know. Like they, they want to see it as this great achievement that like they conquered the mighty WCW when like truthfully, like if we're being honest about it, WCW probably doesn't ex- survive anyway because it because it was the it was a huge money sink it was ted turner only bought it because ted turner had a great respect for um for pro wrestling being on getting the ratings it got on his networks and it was just this it was kind of a vanity project that never made money and nobody in turner except ted turner wanted to have it on the network everyone at tnt thought that like wrestling was redneck trash that they that they are too prestigious for and more than anything else the fact that um aol and time warner had that disastrous merger oof that that pushed ted turner out of power is ultimately the biggest thing that caught kill wcw is the fact that no longer could ted turn just be like eh, fuck you i want wrestling so we're gonna have wrestling end of story but so there there is a there is a certain like tenuous kind of feel to wcw's time on time at the top but what a time at the top it was and it is it is sad that we're that we're arguably already past that point and we've never we've never yeah. even watched wcw yet. <laughs> well, i also find it funny like your comment about like people are like people at tnt being like no wrestling is redneck trash and then we have fucking ted turner pulling up in his 10 gallon hat i'll be like yeehaw motherfuckers yeah he's like he's like he's like yes and yeah no <laughs> what's what's the problem with that boys like hey i hey i'm redneck trash hey. get over yeah. yeah no no but no but seriously like um it, 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 you know, j- joke as we may, it is cool that he was able to kind of turn around there because now, because dynamite's on TNT, right? It is, and it's and yeah, like it's a very, it's a, it's there's definitely this vibe of oh ho ho, yeah. Look, Twenty years later, look where yeah, we are I mean, now. Ed Turner, in a way, paved the way for paved the way for one of my favorite wrestling things. Mm-hmm. So like. Yeah, the the story of WCW is kind of like sad and like you know the great rise and fall yada yada. But like mm-hmm. even even then, you know, it still had its uh, industry defining impacts, uh, mm-hmm. just like WWE in the Attitude Era. Did. Yeah, and, but regardless, it's absolutely it, it it is almost indisputable that it, that if WCW doesn't doesn't take off, that D- Attitude Era probably never happens because. Because, because that that was a big impetus for them to be like, okay, so maybe our like cartoony uh, presentation that we've been doing since the '80s isn't quite good. We, maybe we should have a change of direction. Yeah, I mean, this. we might not even have it to like 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 have wrestling at least on the same scale today if it weren't for that. Oh, I've uh, yeah, like every time that like it is a fun fan question would be like what if the WWF hadn't been able to turn it around in the mid 90s and my answer to that is always then we would then like WCW still folds and like what is wrestling even look like at that point in in, in 2021 then. 
I wouldn't be surprised companies if companies like, still under. around, but just like oh, I don't, yeah, I don't think it, I don't, from like where it is now. Yeah, I don't think it ever would have died. I mean, you look mm-hmm. at the companies that like were birthed out of just WCW dying. Um, yeah, like so, I think there's all. I think there would there would have always been, you know, an audience, but it's so. But it would. But like, would would there be like two? Would there be two different? pro wrestling companies on primetime TV right now? If, if, if they both went, if, if, if both WCW and WWE went under it before the 21st century and it, and rest does, does, or does, does wrestling take on this in terms of the pop culture be like this, like late 20th century kind of thing that just existed in that time period? Like, well, even more than that, flatly would, would, would wrestling have the same, like just level of, culturally osmotic impact that it does now i mean like look at the look at the 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 careers of megastars that were birthed out of wwe look mm-hmm. at like look at the weird little ways that like wwe and professional wrestling as a whole permeates pop culture all the references that are made to like this kind of thing all mm-hmm. the um all the all the like uh stories that revolve around uh companies like this um th- the 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 entire cultural landscape would be kind of different and that's a weird thing to think about just like the fucking butterfly effect here is wild absolutely but thankfully i don't I, we don't have to answer that question of no we don't what, what it, would, it's, what it's would, cool to ponder on but it is but we don't have to answer that question because <sighs> at the end of the day the wwf did turn it around they did weather the the greatest storm they've ever felt and will probably ever feel <laughs> looking at it in, in the 2021 eyes and now they they've, they're coming out on the other side of it yeah no uh and God, cultural touchstones permeate in the fucking edgelord Vince Russo era. <laughs> oh man. So what so I guess we should go I should go ahead and talk about what happened on the uh the April 6th episode of Raw. And mm. truthfully, not a lot. This is this is a bit of a this is a bit of a lean episode in terms of like real story progression, but there are a few things that I want to touch on. Like like not a whole lot of new stuff in that sense that like the rock is still then the rock and the nation are still beefing with uh Farouk and Ken Shamrock for example uh Undertaker and Kane are setting up the you know for their inferno match <laughs> going to light each other on fire going to be great so like what actually happened the, i guess the the big uh, i'll start with with like the most famous thing that happened here because it is pretty funny is basically is they open is Vince McMahon opens the show as he's want to do. And he's like, he talks about that, like through the kindness of his heart, he paid Steve Austin's bail and he got him out of jail after that little incident last week. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no. But now Vince McMahon has sworn that the Steve Austin of old, he is gone. The, 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 he explicitly says the blue collar Steve Austin is gone because corp, the corporate champion Steve Austin is here tonight. And so this is kind of like the drama of the first hour is like Vince McMahon makes this bold claim that he's, that he's got Steve Austin. He's got him locked down. He, he's bought, he's got Steve Austin to buy in. And everyone's like, does he? 
What is that going to look like? X. Big X right there. <laughs> yeah, press, press X to doubt the whole time. But so we start the second hour and Vince McMahon comes back out to introduce Steve Austin. And to his credit, Steve Austin does come out in a suit. Um, but he's in a, he's in a suit, uh, except for a few things that, that Vince criticizes him on. Is, is he first? Is he's like, he's he Stone Cold came out in his wrestling boots and Vince is like, what do you, what do you wear? What about those nice Louis Vuittons that I, that I gave you? Why didn't you wear those? And Steve Austin's like, well, they, they didn't fit. They were uncomfortable. That was a bad Steve Austin, but whatever. I, look, 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 you've done enough good impressions. I'll, I'll live with it. Yeah. And Vince, Vince is like, well, you got to break them in. And, you know, they, they go, you know, they, this, they, they're really trying to, to, to do a class. Like the odd here. couple here. What the hell? Yeah, and then and he Stone Cold came out in like one of his ball caps that he always wear that he wears, and Vince McMahon like th- takes it off of him and throws it into the crowd because because it, it doesn't fit with the outfit. It's a nice hat, but it doesn't fit with the suit. And so you know they they go a little bit of a back and forth of of Steve Austin, you know, claiming that he he's that he's that he's you know bought in and all that, and he has like and he sets up that he's like. So he has a photographer show up. There's a photographer there so that Vince can get like his promotional shot with the corporate champion. He's like, take a picture, take a picture. And they take the picture and then Stone Cold goes, well, you better save that picture because I am never going to wear that crap again. And he's like rips the suit off oh entirely. God. And... He and and like he goes in like he is he's not he is not gonna be a corporate champion he's not he's not changing who he is this is who he is you're gonna like it and then and then he like and then he and then he and then he gives Vince a nice little backhand of the balls just ah! bag bag tagging Vince live on air <laughs> oh no and so and so we we get to watch Vince like limp to the back. <laughs> <laughs> with, with 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 you know you know hold, holding the crotch all the way yeah uh, it, oh beautiful i love that yeah. i love that mental image already oh. yeah so so uh, once again steve austin has gotten the better of vince mcmahon <laughs> yeah again doesn't really it didn't really pro- it doesn't really progress the plot in any real way but it was a very it's a very fun segment it's it's very well remembered <laughs> i can see why yeah, and then I the biggest plot progression thing that happened is um is Mick Foley cut a <gasps> cut a really intense promo, and <gasps> I never realized he never did. I'm gonna he he basically cut a you people promo. I don't believe I've ever explained that term, but basically it is a promo where generally it is a heel or a heel or someone turning heel who's explaining their actions. Like, why are they bad guys now? And they're, oh. and, it's, and it's all because of you, you people. And uh, to be as a personal level, I think most of them are trite and just very bland. Well, but here, yeah. but here's the thing. Mick Foley does a hell of a you people promo. Well, because it's Mick Foley. What do you expect? <laughs> Like, so yeah, basically he cuts this in fair. And I think it's because I think it's because 
Mick Foley's a great actor, and it makes it and it makes it me feel like his pain and his hurt and bitterness, and also because he actually kind of has a good point in that basically he tell he weaves this tale of like when he first came to the WWF, he was mankind and he was wearing the the suit, he was wearing the mask and the he's got these brown, he's got all brown outfit, and the fans are going, "Bring back Cactus Jack! Bring back Cactus Jack!" And then later he's he's dude love and he's He's wearing the tie-dye, and he's dancing and having fun, and the fans are like, bring back Cactus Jack! Bring back Cactus Jack! And then he brings up last week, where Cactus Jack is back. He's having a match with, um, with he has the match with the Outlaws, yep. and he gets brutally beaten down. He's giving his body for the fans to give them what they wanted. And what do the fans do? They chant there while while Mick Foley is being Cactus Jack is being carted away. This is off air. So they're talking about yeah. off air stuff. The fans are chanting for Stone Cold because they had gotten word that Stone Cold had gotten out of jail. So they're so Mick Foley he gave his body. He became he did what the fans wanted, and even then the fans didn't care. Ooh, well, that's that's cool that we're talking because I remember watching that mm-hmm. and and being like, "Damn, Mick Foley takes a lot of punishment here." So the fact that they're kind of like acknowledging that, and leaning into that, it feels really gratifying in a way. No, it was a fantastic promo, and I was like, I I, I didn't know he did that. I know I didn't have no idea he ever cut this promo. I knew of his other you people promo and that he did that in ECW, and we're not going to talk about it here. Okay. But I was like. Damn, this is really cool. That is really, <laughs> really cool. It's a really good story. And it, it basically just ends on this note of him saying, you're not going to see Cactus Jack for a long time. No. God, they ruined it. <laughs> you people. Look what you people did. <laughs> you know what? I'm, I'm right here with him on this one. If, they're ta- if they've taken away my Cactus Jack, how dare mm. they? Yep. Uh, I'm going to turn heel now. (laughs) Oh dear. So that, that, that happened. That was, I think the biggest plot development kind of thing to happen on the episode. Um, The other, the other only other thing I think even worth bringing up is that, you know, this is the first week of, of degeneration X kind of getting to now that they've all fully formed. And it's what I think it's what I expected. It's a whole lot of, you know, they get to cut a promo in the ring and they all point at their dicks a lot. <laughs> Vin, uh, I think Triple, I'm going to, I'm probably paraphrasing because I don't remember his exact wording, but Triple H ends the, Triple H is the, TX was the one to kind of bring up a war, I use war iconography a lot to like hint at the war with WCW. And, Vin, and Triple H kind of ends the promo with saying, and ladies, my bazooka is locked, cocked, and ready to fire. Oh no! Oh, he they they do. He does so between him and Val between DX and Val Venus. There are so many penis innuendos and in, on on in on Raw right now. Please kill me! Please <laughs> kill me! Look, I will admit. I will admit. I have like changed my tune a little bit on DJ X simply because mm-hmm. like. 
for as obnoxious as they are, and as much as I like l- legitimately do not like Shawn Michaels as a person, um, mm. and I mean even kind of like Triple H too, and you know, uh, like I can still get behind the fact that they are fun heels to watch. Val Venus, on the other hand, like it's that same like vibe, but just lacking any sense of fun or charisma, and it's just painful. Like we watched one promo with him, and I already despise the man. Yeah, so it's... the fact that we're getting like a double whammy of this makes me want to die. <laughs> yeah, I'll, uh, like Val Venus is fondly remembered, and I think he's fondly remembered just because the idea of a wrestling porn star is kind of funny, and you might and you might have been the correct age to laugh at the dick jokes. <laughs> but I, from an anal from an anal analysis perspective, it's so thin. <laughs> It's it's not, it's a very it's just, thin. It's just not entertaining. Stick. Again, we've seen one promo, but I can just already tell how painful and unentertaining the Valvina shtick is going to be. Get I, it? His name sounds like penis. He's a porn star, so he says. Uh, fu- it's not helped by the fact that I'm pretty mo- pretty much any storyline he's ever been in is kind of related to him having sex with a woman and a man in her life being like, "Hey, pal, don't have sex with her." <laughs> Oh, good. Great. He's like, I'm going to do it. <laughs> Don't you do it. I'm going to do it. <laughs> it's the goofy mean. I'll fucking do it again. I'll fucking do it again. <laughs> anyway, so DX cuts their promo and then like, and then they do like backstage bullying shenanigans. This is a fascinating time to look at DX because the fans are all in on it because they think the dick jokes are funny, but D- but they're still heels, so they still do heelish stuff um, yeah. that they won't do when they're baby faces. Like they like they like are like they're spray they spray paint DX all over the backstage area as a reference to the NWO that does that too. And they're like yeah. messing around with stage hands, and then it all culminates where they find the the disciple of Apocalypse's motorbikes. And they like pee on them. <laughs> um. And while they obviously censor it out, we do get to watch them stand there and and like pretend to pee on their motor on the motorbikes of the biker gang. And this leads to the to the DOA like coming out and cutting a promo to challenge DX in the main event of the show. And then they have that main event, and then it ends, of course, with a big old let's everybody start punching. <laughs> of, of, of course, messy endings abound. Hey. Oh, yeah, I almost forgot is that um, there was a match between The Rock and Owen Hart uh, for the Intercontinental Championship. Owen Hart had it won, and then China came out and clocked Owen Hart in the back with a baseball bat, thus ending the match in disqualification and costing Owen the title. So this isn't ending yet. This still isn't over. Great. I love this for Owen. Uh... Yep. Anyway... God, we jump, we jump from like the height of like of like heart awesomeness back to this shit. God damn. Yeah, not a good time. Mm-mm. Well, that's a sad note to end this front half. Oh on. no, I didn't mean to. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I always make it super depressing when we talk about the hearts, just because I can't like I, I can never get over the Montreal screw job. I'm so sorry. This is on me, folks. Send yeah. the hate mail, you know. Oof. But yeah, that is our front half. Um, yeah, we're ready to watch the April 13th, uh, 1998 episode of Raw. Well, let's do it to it.
And we are back. Uh, we have just finished the April 13th, 1998 episode of Monday Night Raw. That was uh interesting. Yeah. That that, that was a of uh, uh, that was a way to end our time in the in the in the attitude era. Yeah, it, it you know you know the things that the things that get you the ratings wins, huh? Cuz like but that doesn't make sense as a pa- ratings. On, on paper, I would not have expected it to work. <laughs> To, to for it to be the one that wins after a year and a half. <laughs> uh, okay, because because this, this kind of a sign of where or the goodwill for the WWF was at this point, I suppose. Yeah, I, that I just, and what that and what the A story was teased to be the whole night. Yeah, well, that, that that's what I'm saying. Like, like we have the uh, okay, just so so A story McMahon versus Stone Cold you they they hype this shit up and we've been hyping this shit up our entire time in the attitude era well at the very least ever since like stone cold first brought mcmahon into that into that seizure inducing stunner we've been hyping mm-hmm. this up i've been getting a hype it's a, it, was, it was it's an inevitability yeah and they they spend the entire episode hyping it up too like so hyping it up so much like okay so so first of all we get the promo where they make it officially like, you know, Stone Cold challenging McMahon mm-hmm. to say, all right, you 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 want to get in? You, you, you want to get in the ring so bad? Well, come up against me. Stone Cold will beat you with one hand tied behind his back. Uh, remember I, that. But yeah. My, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Vince McMahon will remember this. Um, uh, I'll put my title on the line. And so it, it's huge. They spend the entire episode on this, like, like McMahon's reaction. Uh, his his like entourage like yeah we get so many we get so many backstage cuts of of Gerald Briscoe and Pat Patterson who are his stooges kind of like hyping him up and and, and context like, for those unfamiliar with history like like uh, my fellow noobs uh they're like those two are like legends of the company they are they're they are both former wrestlers and and like legendary Hall of Fame quality wrestlers at that but obviously at this point they're much older and by the nineties and they're and they're there and like as in a, a capacity as an official. Yeah. But they, but their name, they have name value to people who give a crap about old, older <laughs> wrestling. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, but, but, but they, so, so we keep cutting to them, like working with Vince, you know, they're like, you know, the, the old school fighters, they're like coaching Vince and they're like kind of trying to talk him into it, talk him out mm-hmm. of it. Um, his son shows up and is like, dad, this is a bad idea. Don't do it. Um, and you know, but, but Vince slowly, like throughout the course of the episode evolves into like being ready for this fight and like the you, you mentioned that the cutaways cutting away so damn much that that they cut away it, almost every other match in this episode at one point toward the end just kind of get like randomly just cuts away to vince in the locker room and like just kind of like, no, like they, apropos yeah, of nothing have, yeah they have so, they you do so much and i guess they get it that like nothing else on this show is important so well, exactly <laughs> well it's just, that, that's what we were saying like 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 they're, they're basically admitting like none of these other matches really matter tonight there's only one thing that matters mcmahon versus mcmahon versus austin that's it that's it um because yeah they're they're they just like without any like segue or anything are just like okay yeah that match is going on but let's see where, where the real action is backstage yeah, very um, abrupt cuts 
very abrupt and very random and, you know, drops the other matches without, you know, all that much, like, care for what actually happens in them. Which, like, fine. We're getting McMahon versus Austin. That's, that, that's worth it. That that's what we're that's what we came here for. It would it would it's very apropos of the first episode we watched. It was all that was very really two. It was a a, a one moment show, kind of more two moments really. But that where Austin McMahon was by far the the most worthwhile thing to talk about. Yeah. Um. And 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 like I just I don't feel like I can stress enough like the the levels to which this episode goes to like get the audience excited for this shit and to like and to show an entire like story progression throughout. Um, so then we get to the match. It's the end of the show. Um, uh, you know they're teasing it. They're like they're like when's 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 the fight gonna happen? You you, you stay tuned. Uh, and yeah, no, they're they like find- this could happen at any time. As if yeah. it's ever going to happen at like any time. Like fifteen minutes or, of the show. Yeah, like minutes 15, before twenty ends. minutes out. Yeah, we're still like. They're they're trying to be like, oh, we see Austin making his way out of the locker room. Cut this match, and we still have like one more to go because yeah. of course, of course, like there's it's not time yet. Um, but actually, I think it was like a half hour out, and I'm like, well, yeah, well, unless we, unless we, the we match also, is gonna, I mean, end, well, like, we, yeah. now we also have to think of like the, the we have the extra eight minute stuff that we're yeah. talking about. So by the time like it was there was about fifteen minutes left in the show when they started the McMahon Austin thing. Yeah, um, and so they come out, and McMahon's all done up. McMahon's all jacked. Uh, uh, Jr. M- makes some comment about how ripped McMahon looks because, like, of course, McMahon insisted that that be in the script. Like someone, uh, someone being horny over how. Oh no, how, Lawler how, said that. Oh, Lawler, Lawler yeah. said that. No, oh, Lawler of course. made Wait, that. Of course, comment. yeah, Lawler's the one who stands McMahon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Now, and uh, Jr loses is losing his mind on this episode like he is painting the idea that like vince mcmahon stepping into the ring and vince mcmahon potentially being wwe champion would like kill the company yeah i mean he's even like he's even like vince mcmahon could get hurt and that could destroy the company no Um, yeah early in the episode he tries to he he steps away from the commentary table to try to convince vince to, to to not do this because he is this concerned about what the outcomes could be. Yeah. Vince is like, a man's gotta do what a man's gotta do. And I gotta say, like, like it does create some really cool moments. Um, mm-hmm. All these, like, promos they're cutting about this. Like, um, we first have McMahon... Um, he's, 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 he's out there with, with Austin, and he's reluctant. Uh, he doesn't want to be here. Um, and... All of a sudden, like he he kind of like just something clicks in him, and he's like, "All right, I'm a, I'm a go for this." And he gets on the mic, and he's like, "And he's like, fine, you want me in this ring? I'll get in this ring." And I also want to, we also should probably touch on to the the wonderful extra little thing that has now been permanently stamped onto the 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 legacy of this feud, which is someone like in the front row at a fucking laser pointer that they kept yep. pointing at McMahon and Austin and everybody else throughout this whole match. So it was real this whole episode so so like mcmahon's giving these like great like line reads where he's like he's slowly agreeing to austin's terms and then like there's just a fucking like red dot running around his face right there no i love it uh Uh, beautiful great meme one of the things that i thought was i i like the best is that you know is i is i think austin just kind of rambles on for a part of this but i think my favorite thing about his segment is the explicit callback to what vince talked to him about two weeks earlier 
mm-hmm. because earlier and we watched this episode so we i we know is that is that vince does the talking about austin like getting in line with the corporate agenda is you we can do this the easy way or the hard way mm-hmm. and on this episode austin uses that exact verbiage again yeah referring to vince mcmahon fighting austin he's like you can do this the e- you can do this the easy way or the hard way and God. the and the explicit dichotomy is the easy way is they have a match for the wwe title the hard way is that Austin just busts into Vince's office and kicks his ass in his office in an unsanctioned fight. Yeah, just like jumps him. Just 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 is gonna like randomly jump him at some point if Vince doesn't give him satisfaction in ring tonight. Yeah, so so he's he's pointed out as like either way, I'm kicking your ass. So it's up to you if you want to like have a chance at a real match or not. Yeah, seriously. So so we get we get that. Um, and w- this, this whole, um, this whole buildup again, McMahon's doing the, 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 like man's got to do what a man's got to do. Um, and Austin being like, you know, give he's, delivering that, he's delivering that ultimatum and he's, he's just raring to fight. So we finally get to this. After all, David, this is this is this is the end of it. This is going to be the end this of it. It's going to be the big explode. And I was so well, I'm as as like. I, I laughed at that because, you know, Austin yeah. is trying to play this off as like, we're going to do this and we're going to fight this one time and that'll be the end of all our issues. Hey, and I already know everything. Like, I get it. And like, may, I'd probably buy it if I didn't already know they're going to be for the next three years. Well, yeah, but th- that that's just that's just kind of how how we do right mm-hmm. fighting solves everything except it really doesn't but we're going to treat it like it does anyway except when we don't uh mm-hmm. <laughs> no consistency but like it's just whatever's most dramatically effective right yeah so um, yes we're 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 building we're, we're up finally to the moment. yeah we we they've been building up to the moment all night and i'm getting hyped too because oh my god we're at the end of the attitude era and for as much of a fucking mess as it is and as much as i really don't like vince russo there is a part of me that's like a little like sad to be stepping away from this era for a while because it does have some like cool fun stuff and this was like primed to be a great example of that so they step in the ring and mcmahon is um is 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 in you know like a like a wife a black wife beater and like sweatpants and his Mm -hmm. his fighting boots and and austin's and his 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 usual get up um and mcmahon pulls out a um pulls out a mic and he's like now wait just a minute you said you could beat me with one hand tied behind your back. Are you a man of your word? Uh, and so he pulls out like a, a, he pulls out a little bit of, a little bit of rope. Uh, once again, professional wrestling being very kinky. Um, and Austin holds out his left hand to get bound, and McMahon's like, "Oh no, I want the stunner hand." <laughs> yeah, his dominant hand is right yeah, hand. His right hand. Um, and and so and, and him and briscoe have a and austin and briscoe have a have an extended kind of back and forth yeah. of, of this and i get it they're stalling for time because even uh because even in the best of circumstances vince McMahon isn't a real wrestler so it's not like he's gonna be where we can do a, a 20 minute mat classic here yeah no but it's like, gonna be it's gonna be short and sweet so we might as well just kill a little bit of time with this yeah so eventually stone cold succumbs to to the rope um he's all tied up he's all he's all tied up they're raring to go get they finally get vince's uh posse out of the ring yeah let's get going they square they square up in the corners (sighs) and then 
dude, God and motherfucking dude loves music starts playing and dude love comes out and starts doing this like hippie ass preaching. Have you never of, seen dude love? Yeah, I've this, seen dude love. Because I mean, this this, this is peak. This is exactly dude. This is pretty on point on on brand for dude uh, love. So we get dude. Which first of all, like weird that we have like Mick Foley coming out as dude love like right after he gives his like you people speech as hey, as Cactus said, Jack. Hey now, he said we won't be seeing Cactus, Cactus Jack, Jack for a while. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But, like, it's still funny to, like, just have that immediate turnaround. Like, you just go straight to being dude love. Like, the perks of having multiple characters at the same time, I guess. Uh, but dude love comes out and starts, like, preaching to them about, like, you don't fight, man. I don't want to see this happen, man. And he's like, he's, like, trying to appeal to both of them. And eventually McMahon just gets tired of this shit and he shoves dude love. Dude love falls down, comes back, wakes up as... Uh, kind of mankind yeah um, he uses the mandible claw which is a a nerve hold where you basically i i wish i could explain this in a way that doesn't sound stupid because it's a legitimate <laughs> it's a legitimate move but it's basically someone take taking a their hand and like shoving it down somebody's throat in a way that immobilizes a person and it's and it could and that would legitimately work as a move but it is it does it, it's not easy to apply mind you yeah but, but anyway but it is it, but the point being it's mankind's move it's not dude dude love doesn't really use that move which like great depiction of mental health attitude era good job very i mean very it's better than the it could DID be, i guess <laughs> uh, but anyway so yeah so he wakes up kind of as 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 mankind in the mankind persona and then immediately starts trying to uh tr starts trying to mandible claw whatever Vince and 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 then and then Stone Cold and Vince gets pulled out of the ring and he he kind of yeets Stone Cold and then he like leaves and Vince is pissed he's trying to get back in the ring but his entire freaking posse of like five different big McLarge huges is holding him back <laughs> um and. Just, yeah, the whole rest of the episode is is dude love going to town on yeah. on, on Austin. <laughs> so, to recap, we get an entire episode building up to the McMahon versus the Stone Cold Steve Austin fight. It's going to be big. It's going to be huge. We keep cutting away from matches, implicitly stating their unimportance relative to this bad boy big big man match between between the the the, the big boss and the the toughest sob and it doesn't happen it doesn't fucking happen what yeah um uh i already knew how this was going to play out <laughs> i already knew that was how this ends you know and i and i've had to sit on that but i'm going to be honest i kind of expected the moment to play better than it did it didn't because it, it didn't play at all because let's like let me let me go ahead and tell you where the story goes so to speak um this was a heel turn officially for mick foley as dude love which is a bit of a new thing i don't think he ever played heel as dude love he'd been heel as mankind before but dude and he's heel as dude love and he aligns with vince He's going to be on, he's, he is 
going to become Vince's chosen warrior to take this title off of off of uh, Steve Austin for the next couple of months. Why? I like this is what I'm struggling with. Why Mick Foley? I love Mick Foley. Mick Foley is awesome. Mick Foley is definitely one of my favorite people in all of pro wrestling. Why? This makes no sense. I'm I'm gonna be honest. Is like I'm thinking through it. It's probably a situation of like, who could you do this? What could you do? Because let like if we're gonna run through the the biggest names on the roster at this point is 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 to be is this whole storyline is 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 part of a larger arc with Vince McMahon and Stone Cold and but you still need Stone Cold to be defending the WWF title on monthly pay-per-views and right now the uh nobody else is really available I would say you know Kane and Undertaker are still doing their thing and mm-hmm. neither of them align well with Vince and they both kind of need to be protected right now yeah. um the rock is intercontinental champion but which is both its own problem and he doesn't need to be taking a loss to to stone cold right now because let's be honest nobody's beating stone cold for that title and <laughs> stone cold's not losing the belt on the first try yeah this guy's taking guys taking it whoever's facing austin's taking an l so yeah. uh triple h you're not gonna triple h doesn't work as part of a larger arc with Austin McMahon. And also he's not really in a position where he should be taking an L to Austin. So it's like, we need somebody big and we need a big enough star to fight Austin to sell pay-per-views. And Mick Foley is probably our best bet right now. And, and honestly on like, without having seen how it plays out, I like the idea in a lot of ways because Mick Foley is very talented performer. First of all, Second of all, he has past history with Austin. He was tag team champion with Dude Love, as a matter. Dude Love was tag team champions with Austin. Um, you have that, as well as you just had his big heel pro- turn promo the last week where he's talking about Stone Cold specifically, how mm-hmm. the fans were f- um, left him behind for the to cheer for Austin and that could be a, and that could work as a motivation for attacking Austin and for aligning with Vince, you know, Vince being the person who believes in him so to speak. They and they're going to make that more clear as the weeks go on. But this segment felt kind of messy because it almost felt like it didn't want to commit to Vince to do love doing being attacking Austin until the end. Because it doesn't because he de- he seems also animo- he seems to also have animosity with Vince McMahon. And I think that undercuts where the story goes. He just he, he just doesn't feel like any it just felt random here. Mm-hmm. And like, sure, we have that little bit of history with them that I wasn't privy to, but still overall, this feels like a cheat. It feels like a huge cheat. It, Why are they, we they building up? Cheated out. They definitely cheated out of this episodes. Um, Why are we spending so much time building up to this to for something that's not even, like, going to culminate in any, like, satisfying conclusion? It's like, like, yeah, we're still, we are months away. We're like 10 months away from Austin McMahon for, for realsies. Why did they do this? What was the, because, because they knew it would get ratings to advertise it. 
And also Vince Russo loves a good swerve. It's probably his number. He's probably his number one most well-known trait as a writer is plot twists, baby. Whether they make sense or not. It's just, it feels like a slap in the face. It's such a waste of time. Well, I will say that the, they, the, the next week, We'll, we'll uh, Nitro will get the W again, so okay. make that what you will. I suppose. I, I, I get it. it's just it's just 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 something about this. Like I don't know. It felt so deeply unsatisfying, and I'm just sitting here. And, and I will admit, part of it's probably like context, our our own personal context of the podcast too. Of like we're not going to be revisiting this era for a while. So like so it's like I was excited. To, to get to yeah. a point where, where like the final thing we watched was McMahon versus Austin. I was mm-hmm. so excited. And then no, no. Yeah, it's not, it's not a, yeah, it's, it's going to be a while before we ever come back to this. Honestly, I, I have to say this is worse than the freaking double undertaker thing. You were, you were teasing me in the, in, for the, for the new generation of like, David, we're going to get to a thing that you just absolutely hate. You're going to be so mad. You're going to, you're, you're going to hate this so much. My take on that is wait till we get to the match before I, you make any declarative statements. Yes, I know. I know. I know. But, but, but the episode we got to where like, it kind of gets revealed and I was like, oh, okay. That's a thing. This was a, this feels a lot worse where I'm just like, wait, no, what? Th- th- I came all this way for nothing. <laughs> ah! Yeah. Um, I was disappointed and I already knew what was going to happen because <sighs> I heard, because I know this history. I knew that I know that they don't actually fight here and mankind sh- and dude love shows up. <laughs> I already knew that. And I was already, and I was disappointed because I felt like they, it did. It wasn't well played. It didn't, it wasn't structured as well as it should have been. No, it just felt random. The whole, the whole, like you said, the segment felt messy. Dude love showing up didn't have all, all that much like sensical fanfare to it. And, uh, his, his sudden turn against everybody out of, out of being all like hippie. Let's just all be friends, man. Like just felt random. Like sure. It got triggered cause Vince shoved him, but like mm-hmm. that, that's, that's it. Like that. Yeah. And like, there's a, there's. There's a, uh, there's a small hint of it in that like he when he addresses Austin, he he talks about how Vince McMahon is the one who signs the paychecks and he's my McMahon man. So there's a hint of it, but then he also gets in a fight with Vince. So it's not like it's not like it's not as clear of a line of like, oh, he's gonna be on Vince's side here. Yeah. It just feels like he's coming out here going going ham and then leaving just for the chaos points yeah so yeah it didn't really work for me as well as i was hoping it would Mm -mm. unfortunate and yet this is the thing that catapulted their ratings permanently yeah like actually yes because the next i just looked it up the next episode um they're gonna do a little bit lower but then the next episode is post paper is their post pay-per-view and that is when their their viewership skyrockets what it's just it's so like it's it's so wild to me that that they they played this dirty a trick just to grab ratings like i guess i shouldn't be surprised but really for practically no payoff and almost a year more waiting to get the actual mcmahon austin fight come on yeah um uh, I would have forgiven the 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 bait and switch if if the if what we got 
in replacement was better. But it wasn't. But it's it wasn't. Not, nah. mm-hmm. It was just, oh, what a waste of time, dude. Oh, my Lord. And, that and, was and there was so much time invested in this. Again, just implicitly devaluing everything else in the episode, which, like, fine. Most of the other things in the episode didn't really matter anyway. Nah, uh, I guess we could transition. Yeah, yeah, that's a good. That's a good as segues. Anyway, well, right? How do you want to? How do you want to do this? Because it's not like the, any of this matter. Any anything, and it's not like any of it follows a good order. Let's just go chronological of what happened. Okay, then we get to our first match: uh, the DOA versus Los Bariquis in a chain match. And it was lame, and it was stupid, and it was short, and it ended in and, and ended in what? No contest, right? Yes. Uh, yeah, so yeah, that whole, the whole match, first of all, a chain match, it's where you can use chains and you're, and technically you're tied to your opponent. Like everyone is, is tied to a chain is like tied together by the chain that is used as a weapon. Um, this was a lot less direct though than the chain match we watched. That was like Brody Lee versus, uh, Cody Rhodes. Yes. The, 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 the chaining was a lot less in, was a lot less directly like chained to each other. It was like. It was like roundabout in that the chain was just long and attached to everything, and it also kind of attached them to the ring as well. And uh... mm, it, was, it was not well. To be clear, this match existed for no purpose except to uh, let D- DX show up and kick some people's asses because that's what it was. Yeah, is it? It ended in two minutes. Two minutes by no contest because DX showed up to cause to re and beat the shit out of both teams. Yeah, that as part of a uh, that's part of that's the that's kind of the final the the continuation slash ending of their little spat with the DOA after they pissed on their motorcycles last week. <laughs> and Los Bariquas is a it was it's a bit of a betrayal because Los Bariquas uh, were uh, quasi allies to DX when it was Sean and Triple H in China only, and now and they even try to like get them to do the crotch chop after they huh. beat up the DOA. And then they're like, ah, fuck you too. We're, we're going to beat you up. Swell. <laughs> <laughs> it was so stupid. Nah. Um, yeah, no, it, it, it pointless. And again, we cut away from it at some point to see McMahon. We cut away with it almost as soon as it's over. Yeah. Um, Vince talking stuff. And then, yep. and then, and- oh, we go, oh, we go into the, we go into the, the thing, the, the thing that made me the second angriest in this episode. <laughs> Taka Mishinoku. Not that. Versus- that's before that is the other light heavyweight thing. The other wait, remind me what's the other light heavyweight? The one where uh, we had a a, there was gonna be a six man tag. Oh yeah, but it gets not one but two interruptions as as first Vince McMahon shows up to inform to like formally accept the challenge or whatever. Yeah, and then they leave and they're about okay. We're about to start the match. Gong! The Undertaker showed up and beat all of them up. Because he's he's trying to get Kane's attention, much the same way that Kane tried to get Undertaker's attention, which was beat up random schmucks when, when they're trying to have a match. Who have no bearing on their plot, like yeah, the, 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 no connection to anything. Just just mm-hmm. beat him, beat him up because yeah. So he beats him up, and then he's like, Kane, oh, you're, you're, I'm gonna take you to the depths of hell or whatever. I don't know. whatever he said. Yeah, I don't. It's it's an Undertaker promo. It's it's directed at Kane, so you know, yeah. insert vague, dark, edgy, supernatural elements here. Yeah, it's what it is. So yeah. 
He does that, and that is the end of that. Great. I'm glad the light heavyweight division is so well-respected. Hmm. Which is a great transition to the thing that David yeah. was about to rant about. Takamishinoku versus Jeff Jarrett. Oh my God, does this does does this make me angry? J J double F J double R E double T Jeff Jarrett. Austin's impressions are like really getting me through this slog of an episode. Yeah, Tennessee Lee. I'm I'm glad that this plantation owner from 1865 has time traveled to 1998 to be a wrestling manager is that actual kayfabe that's me making fun of him but okay. he's, but he's supposed to sound like a plantation owner of 1865 great yeah so jeff jared comes out and he's done up in all of his like weird like glowy jacket and glasses hat shit um and then taka comes out and it just turns it. Oh, oh, oh! And Jeff Jarrett has some some match coming up, some special like event. I don't remember. I don't remember them mentioning that. I don't know. Well, because they because there's something he has coming up where he just drops pamphlets. He, oh, oh! He's he's talking about releasing his new album. <laughs> that's an album. I thought it was a fight. No, he's he's talking about releasing his new album because he's supposed to be in kayfabe a country singer. Yeah, so he has he's giving out pamphlets. They wrestle the whole match with a bunch of pamphlets in the Well, they drop pamphlets from the freaking ceiling and they just like cover the arena. Mm -hmm. Um so 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 yeah, they do the whole match with the with the mat covered in pamphlets, and the entire time is just Jeff Jarrett clowning on Takamishinoku, like which is just incorrect. There there are there there is there are some matchups where like there was an incorrect outcome. This is one of them. But Takamishinoku losing to Jeff freaking Jarrett. But, the disrespect. But, but, but David, Takamishinoku is small. <laughs> Jeff Jarrett is not small. Uh, uh, size doesn't matter. It's what you do with it. God. It's hey, we're not talking about Val Venus yet. Shut up. No, I don't want to. I don't want to. <laughs> No. Oh God. Anyway. Why? Okay. The match ends when Club Kamikaze, the future Kayentai, great names all around here, folks, beats up Takamishinoku. You know, that's that's a thing that's been going for a couple of weeks. And then Jeff Jarrett puts a talk in the figure four and like, haha, I I I am the victor, as if it was, you know, a, a real win, even though Taka wins by disqualification. By DQ, but like what a cheap win. Oh my god, just the disrespect that Taka face. It's oh Taka is the proto Rey Mysterio, not only in athletic prowess, but in how poorly he gets treated by this damn company. God, it makes me angry. Yeah. Just oh, watching just just watching Taka have to swallow his pride and sell for Jeff goddamn Jarrett makes my blood boil. Oh my god, that was painful to watch. Oh my god, does that make me angry? I'm glad. Oh that, my... I'm, I'm glad the most athletic wrestler we have is stuck selling for headlocks. <sighs> I'm glad that is what we're using him it's, for. Oh god. Thank God Taka gets better shit when he leaves Could. WWE, but oh my he God. He is a Japanese legend. Yeah. This is not oh, it. This, it, but it just hurts. Just the disrespect that, it, and may I just say too. I mean, he's uh, going to have a better time when he hooks up with Kai and Tai a little yeah, bit. Yeah, sure. But, you know, they're still not important. 
but like they're... the disrespect that 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 athletes like this get, and and not to not to get too like SJW here or anything, but like eh, t- generally tends to be athletes of color too, in in my estimation. Again, Rey Mysterio, um, uh, and like um 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 uh, Del Rio, which we were talking about last time, um. Oh, oh, wrong, wrong. Whole, that, that, that whole thing's wrong. No, bad, bad WWF. Stop it. Moving on. I'd say it gets better on that front, but does it? No, it's no, it does not. You know, it's, it's basically a situation where there start being less biggity muscle McMuscle men. So I guess we have to pay more attention to the smaller guys, I guess. I, yeah, no, begrudgingly. And even then. Even then, it's in the most like backhanded way possible. Yeah, it's not. It's not a. The, the you know, WWF has never had that much of a respect for um, cruiserweight size wrestlers. Yeah, not, and that's mm. not really gonna change because that's yeah. not because that's not just a that's not just like a manner of like bigotry or anything. That's a that's a stylistic choice on their part. That's not like something that they're gonna like learn to be better about. Again, because McMahon just likes his dudes big and and large and muscly. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just imagining like like a deep fried picture of McMahon's face in close up, just beef. <laughs> God, yes. and, then, and then it's the Farouk promo, right? Speaking of beef, yeah, Farouk. <laughs> he, he, he's 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 taped up because uh he was uh beaten in the in the back in the parking lot last week mm-hmm. and he's calling out the nation and he, he's we're gonna has fight right now we can has fight mm-hmm. and the rock is like the rock comes out in his finest satin shirt yeah He's gonna wear so many of those, and it's great every time. I know. <laughs> I, it's it's fun to see him dressed up in like such like bougie drip. Nah, he is. He's he's here. He's he's in his bougie clothes now. He's mm. he's he's the Rock. He's. This is the last. This is the last piece to that puzzle. Yeah. Oh, it's 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 it's, it's so, so yeah. He comes out with the nation, and he's and he's like he's just taunting through. He's like it's four on one, man. What do you do? What are you gonna do? Yeah. And then, yeah. But then Farouk has friends. Oh yeah, Ken, uh, Ken Shamrock and Steve Blackman. Yeah, they pop out, and all of a sudden, Rock looks a little concerned. He's like, "Um, oh no!" And then yeah, so they have a they brawl for the for a hot sec. Yeah, but it doesn't it doesn't count. It's not a real match. It's just kind of like again messy ending. Except it's just the whole thing. Is yeah, the it's not. There's ending. no there's no real plot progression here. It's just like a. It is to a, introduce the fact that now Farouk is buddies with with longtime. Longtime nation enemies. Yes. Uh, the, so he's he's officially the nation and en- the nation enemies have come together f- to fight a common cause. Yeah, seriously. Um. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, sure. It was fun yeah. to watch. It's it was, I, I I was I always enjoy getting to see early like Rocky Maya via doing his thing and um um because again as I've talked about before with him it, just again seeing how how he exuded that like star quality charisma so early on is really cool to see. So like, that's always fun. And Farouk does a good job, like playing the, playing the, uh, the betrayed expat as it were. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, it just kind of like, it just kind of stops there and I'm sure it develops to more later, but yeah. we're not going to touch on that. 
Of course. And then we get to the part that I probably have a lot more to say. I have this is Terry Funk. It's the funk thing. Oh and, yeah. Which is yeah, I mean you, you I'll kind of let you go because you have a lot more context to like why this is so yeah, important. Yeah. So for context for the, the viewers is this episode takes place in Philadelphia. Uh why is that important? Because Philadelphia is the home of E of Extreme Championship Wrestling, ECW, which was kind of like the number three wrestling company in the in the 90s. You know, you you got WCW versus WWF and kind of doing their own thing. You have ECW who is kind of kind of changing the game a little bit. You know, like you look at all the counter like the counterculture and the violence and the sex stuff that WWE likes to do. They didn't just take that from, you know, Jerry Springer and all that. Hmm. They also took that from the ECW because they were doing it first. And ECW was a hard R wrestling product. Yeah. They're TVMA motherfucker there. Yeah. So they go even harder at it. And I, and I'm going to save a lot of the history lessons of ECW for when we eventually do something from ECW on this show. Yeah. But that's the important context to understand is that, and Terry Funk is a hardcore legend himself and was a former ECW alumni before he signed with the WWF. And so there's a little bit of a homecoming kind of vibe to him coming out to this to this uh, prom to this show, and he's cutting a promo talking about his tag team partner, and he's hyping him up as somebody who who uh, who hasn't been given the opportunities he deserves. He's a real hardcore legend, you know. He's he even tries to do a he's hardcore chant sort of, which yeah. is a thing they do in ECW, and he brings out two cold Scorpio. Um, I don't believe we've seen him on this show before. No. Uh, he has appeared on this uh, in this era as Flash Funk. Who's a pimp? It's great. He's gonna have <laughs> black course. guy be a pimp anyway. Shocker. But uh, he's going back to his old name, Two Cold Scorpio, because he was in ECW. He's he's not he's he's known for being in ECW, but he's not like one of the top. He was never one of the top guys in ECW, like. He was very talented. I'm not trying to say he's not, but he's not the. If you're trying to think of like big names of the of that era, he, to Cole Scorpio is a little farther down the list. And so I felt it was a little disappointing because not I did because not knowing where this is going, I was kind of expecting him to bring out an actual ECW guy, someone who's currently with ECW. It's kind of like a like a a, a fan a moment for the fan audience and that's not even weird wcw uh, excuse me ecw and wwf have had a quasi partnership for years at this point so it's not like it would have been completely out of left field for an ecw guy to show up yeah so it was a little weird that like he gives this build up i personally expected tommy dreamer um all you need to know about that is because Tommy Dreamer, like a lot of what Funk was saying fits with Tommy Dreamer's career trajectory. So I was like, wait, is Dreamer going to have like a one-off here? Nah. It, it, no. It, and, it feel, and it feels like the crowd also is disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> like it, they're kind of into what he's, he's he, Terry Funk was putting down here. But then when, when, when two cold Scorpio comes out, they go silent. Yeah. Um, it, <laughs> they just they're just they just do not care and 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 they pair him up against the Quebecers for an easy dub yeah who are still here i guess <laughs> yeah it's funny that they keep showing up like after you think they they'd just be done at this point but no they just keep they're still here 
They won in two minutes and 15 seconds. If you're keeping count, the longest match in the first half of the show was three minutes long. Yeah. Again, shows you just how much they care about, like, the other matches in this mm -hmm. episode. As if the main event was something to, to actually care about and get excited for. <laughs> um... Yeah, we as we turn then we turn to the second hour as we get Luna Vachon doing oh, yeah. a thing. Oh, oh. Yeah, so so if you guys remember last time we were here, we talked about Luna versus um um God, Sable. what's her Sable, thank you. Jesus, I can never remember her name. Luna versus Sable, get prepping up for that evening gown match. And he said, Oh no, sure hope those ladies don't get naked on live TV. Um um so so Sable comes out to like prematurely like challenge Sable for this for some reason. And yeah, instead she, does, of she, does, she does the thing where it's like, I I don't wanna wait till unforgiven. I wanna fight right now. And for some reason, for some goddamn reason, Dustin Rhodes shows up in drag pretending to be Sable. And not the, not the first time Goldust has done that. Not the first, far from the first time Goldust has done that. Far from the, <laughs> far from the first time Goldust has done just weird shit that's like meant to make him look bad for some reason. Don't know why we keep thrusting all of our worst character concepts on this poor man, but here we are. So out comes Goldust in drag. And he goes up against Luna and, of course, gets his evening gown torn off. And, like, we see, like, the, I, I, the I'll whole, be honest, like, bodysuit with the fake boobs. And Yeah, he, he was, he was kind of funny on the microphone. He's, like, commenting. He's, like, narrating this as, he, yeah. as he's getting yeah, his clothes yeah, yeah. off. Yeah, we, we, will, we will say, I will say, he's he's holding the mic the entire time Luna's, Luna's like, kicking his ass. Um, and he's going, like, oh, what are you doing? Oh, no. What? You're tearing my clothes off. I'm all naked. And it's like, why? Okay, sure. It was, it was, it was cute. But like, but like, why? Why are we here? And then Sable comes out and fights Luna and fights. I'm going to, I don't know how many quotation marks I can put around that. Holy shit. They, they don't do anything. I can't even complain about like cat fighting as a thing. Because they don't even really cat fight. <laughs> they just, like, Sable just kind of shoves Luna around a little bit. <laughs> they, yeah. They, like, they hold on to each other's shoulders and vaguely pretend to be shoving each other around the ring for a hot sec. And then, and then they get, they get pulled apart by a couple refs and it's done. Yeah. And it's like, why, first of all, why? Second of all, why is Goldust here? Uh, thir third of all... Well, he's been he's been he's been aligned with Luna for a while. Then why is he f fighting her dressed it's as a, Sable? It's a it was a it was, it's a mockery thing. Oh, imagine um, imagine going out to make an ass of yourself like that to appease <laughs> like to appease Luna. What a simp! First of all, like in kayfabe and like out of kayfabe again. Poor like I, I will just never this these this is one of the things I will like harp on till the day I die. The way Dustin Rhodes got treated in WWE is some of the most shameful crap I've ever seen for no reason other than just like he's become our whipping boy of like humiliating character concepts for some like so, ungodly reason. So what you're saying is we should cover him in TNA where he does that or that happens again, but also he has a debilitating painkiller addiction no let's just, let's just skip to him in aw please 
please god i don't want to i seeing gold dust in this era just makes me sad like what it's seeing any wrestler just constantly get shit on like this with for no reason just makes me sad so it's just sure that happened we 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 need the cat fight to build up for the naked cat fight in in unforgiven sure fine Ugh. all right then we have Oh man, hold on to your butts here, folks. <laughs> get, hold on to your asses, if you will. We got the new Midnight Express. Bombastic. Oh wait, no, I'm 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 an I'm an I'm an episode. I'm an I'm a match early. Sorry, yes. keep going, keep going. The new Midnight Express, bodacious Bob and bombastic Bart. Actually, those are backwards. Whatever. Versus Ken Shamrock and Steve Blackman. The the NWA continues, and nobody cared. <laughs> Nobody again, it's just pointless. And they cut away from it again to show more Vince shit. And and it's just there like cool. Ken Shamrock and like to, Oh. It has the dumbest ending of the episode. It wait, how what it, what even it ends in a double DQ. Oh yeah, it ends in a, just, when they both just keep getting in the ring and fighting each other. Yeah, they it ends in a double DQ. Like like even though every tag team does that always this time we're going to, well, it's too far uh, for some reason. No, like, the only Ken Shamrock thing... is talented, which is yeah. nice. Like you can tell he's legitimately good. And like, there are some moments where I was able to appreciate his athletic prowess, mm-hmm. but overall again, just a waste. This whole, yeah. so much of this episode felt like such a waste of time. Yeah. Um, the only thing even remotely interesting about this whole sequence is we get the stare down between Dan Severn and Ken Shamrock. They are both MMA badasses, <laughs> both kind of pioneers of UFC and MMA and, and as a whole. Mm-hmm. They will not have a match together, even though they keep teasing that they will eventually have a match together. Yeah, it, it, I, I should, I should, I should emphasize. When Austin says they will not have a match together, they will not have a match together ever in their entire career with WWF. Mm-hmm. Not, 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 not for a moment. Nope. Why? Oh, like they will even have pseudo UFC fights called Lions Pit matches mm-hmm. that will not involve Ken Shamrock versus Dan Severn. The two guys who have fought in the octagon. Yeah, it, it was just so it was so weird. And and like, yeah, double DQ because the two the tag teams broke the rules. I love just like I every love, tag team does. I love DQs that come from kicking too much ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is too badass. We got to put a stop to this. Well, well, we got we to stop this right now. Yeah, hold up. Hold up. Hold up, gentlemen. Um, so, yeah, sh- sure. Uh, that that also happened. This this whole episode is just a lot of yup. That happened. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm just gonna now one of the Vince oh. promo. Oh, as far as again, oh, there's like please, two, we got please. a couple. We got a few more things before we get to ass. Yeah. <laughs> we get you know I I really want to point out the the we this is when we get the Vince McMahon interview when he talks about being afraid. Is like, are you afraid of Steve Austin? And he lists off things he's not afraid of. And the first thing he says is, I'm not afraid of the U.S. US government. government. Because we got to keep bringing up that steroid trial thing. 
<laughs> Which, like, now that it's over, now that Vince McMahon is the winner, we're going to keep talking about it and, 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 and make it bastard. like this badass moment where Vince McMahon got, got one over on the feds. He's so proud of it. It's so, like, just, it's a perfect look into the mind of Vince McMahon to see how proud he is of winning the drug trial. God. It's it's so that's that's funny. And also like I also have to say, like they ask Vince McMahon if he's scared and he's like, Well, I, I got butterflies in my stomach, but I I'm not I I can't say I'm scared. And like I have to say, that's probably like one of the most genuine like things I've ever seen Vince McMahon say on air. Like he's not remotely playing a character here. He's just he's just so he's so happy that he finally gets an excuse to like get in the ring. Even if he knows, like, it's not going to be an actual fight. He's just so excited. Yeah, it's, it's a nice character moment for Vince. Yeah, it's, 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 it, it, I'm, I'm like, you know what? Good, good, jo-. like, not even in character, just, just even out of kayfabe. I'm like, get good on you, buddy. Live, get, live your best life. I'm glad you found a reason to, like, to finally do the thing you've, like, actually wanted to do this whole mm-hmm. time. Go have fun. Fuck, bud. <laughs> yeah, and then the headbangers come out for uh, what? Who knows? Who cares? Because Undertaker's done it again. Y- I yeah, I don't like headbangers. Yeah, mm-hmm. headbangers are there, and 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 Undertaker beats up on them. But this time, Kane does show up. Kane yeah. and Paul Bearer do show up for this one. I don't know. I don't. I guess Kane also doesn't like light heavyweights. He didn't really <laughs> care the first time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Everybody, there's to to quote the uh, the the inimitable R truth. Uh, uh, it is a conspiracy against the light heavyweight. But anyway, we get Paul Bear <laughs> doing his Paul Bear thing, but he swears that next week they're gonna fight. They're gonna fight on top of their parents' graves. <laughs> Which, like. You know, that's so extra. I kind of have to give it to him. I like, do. what I, the Honestly, fuck? I wish we were going to watch that episode because I want to see what happens. I want to <laughs> see what that's like. I want to see the, the like weird graveyard set they have up and like, like, be like, how are they going to do that? Because they clearly aren't going to do that in a real graveyard. And also, like, right. there are headstones everywhere. That's mm-hmm. a thing that could, like, really legitimately injure you uh are we sure we want to do this guys um so that yeah that's gonna paul bearer comes out and uh, i love me some paul bearer at this stage like he's 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 fun uh so he's standing there and kane's standing there and and he's like you want to you're so worried about what mommy and daddy think of you well you can go and do this fight on their graves yeah, and, it's 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 fun. And Jerry Lawler, it wasn't Lawler or Jr. who was like appalled by that. I'm, I, I, it would have to be Jr. Yeah. There's no way Jerry would care. <laughs> Jerry's still like such a heel that he's like that. Like anything goes as long as it's like not just not good. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so so they come out and announce that, and, th- and that was that was fun enough to watch. More just Kane standing there, like that's been a motif this entire yeah entire time we've like been in the editor of just like Paul Bearer comes out, yells at Undertaker, while Kane just kind of stands there, and now and the camera keeps closing in on him. And now, ladies, oh, Val no. Venus is no. coming. No, he's. We get another vignette. He's not watching porn this time, but now he's, he's casting making porn. He's casting for his new sh- movie, Lust in Space. 
Oh, he's got a God. rocket in his pocket. Please stop. <laughs> I hate Val Venus. I despise <laughs> Val Venus. We've seen him like twice, and he's already my least favorite person in all of WWE I am, history. I love that of all. I wasn't that this is what breaks you. I think that's I think that's very funny. I it just it just makes me so uncomfy and it's so it's so cheesy and I'm still not entirely sure if like the awful cringiness is on purpose or not. Yeah, I don't have that answer for you. <laughs> I because like on one hand, he plays it so over the top like it has to be, right? But like they also kind of play it dead straight that he is a legitimately attractive porn star. He's got <laughs> he's got, got two scantily clad women. Yeah, one of whom they one, one of whom they keep like they, vaguely they, they, they pixelating. Pixelate, they pixelate her side boob. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> puts her boobs out, so they pixelate it out. Yeah, so he just sits there and they're like they're like sensually rubbing him and he's yeah, like, you know. and he's just talking to the camera. And oh it's it's just so uncomfy. Like again, he's, should not be surprised in the era of in the attitude era of Vince Russo. But like why we're, we're we are building to no. the the, no. the when he explodes no. inside of uh, the WWF. No. We're gonna we're he's gonna we're gonna get the climax no. of a lifetime. No <laughs> David, I am not gonna be able to do this for God knows how much how long until we get more valve. I, I gotta I gotta get this out of my system. Good. I'm glad we don't have to look at his stupid face for a long time. Oh dear lord, that was painful. Yeah, no. So 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 Val Venus promo, please kill me. Um uh I'm trapped here. Send help. Um I will do anything to for to for to whoever helps me escape from from this, so the, this man so whose last Val, name rhymes with Venus. So the Val Venus compilation episode, that's a no. That's a that's a hard limit for me, buddy. <laughs> anyway, the other dick based people around here show up <laughs> i i hate that that's funny to me uh yeah so dj x shows up to, to well owen well, dj x shows up and then owen hart shows up and yeah they, they set up that owen hart will face a member of dx and dx uh triple h according to him is he had all of the members of dx write 500 word essays to determine who gets to uh be the winner who gets it and he talks about Triple H mentions that his uh, he didn't he don't think he wrote one. Um, mm -hmm. Road Dogs was in I think it, I think there was a wrapping paper I think it was a you no know, uh, he's a, he's uh, like like three by I think five it was cards. a weed joke yeah no oh. no uh, the three oh. by five cards was. Who no one no, no it was no he, he just said like little piece of paper with like zigzags on them oh yeah um, and that was that was road dog was the one who had the little piece of paper that didn't mean anything yeah um <laughs> x-pac had um no i think oh, x-pac was, X -Pac, the X -Pac was no x-pac was just like sexually explicit <laughs> is what he said he said no, x-pac uh x-pac oh, yeah. belonged in an adult x-pac belonged in an adult mag uh, uh, he said he really liked China's, but nine, the thing is ninth wonder of the world, the ninth wonder of the world, China, is he really liked hers, but we we can't, he couldn't pick hers because the things she said she was going to do to him, they they can't do on national TV. Yeah. So that's out. So, but the winner 
for having a nice, concise, having a very well-written essay, as well as having lewd pictures of Owen with farm animals, because <laughs> bestiality's funny. Uh, Bill Ass, Mr. Billy Gunn, is, is the winner. <laughs> yeah, so we get, which, again, I was saying this to Austin, bigly disappointed that X-Pac wasn't the one to go up against Owen Hart. Like, mm-hmm. that just would have been a legitimately good been a match. great match. It would have been legitimately nope. good. But no, we get we get Owen Hart versus Mr. Ass, and this is, like, one of the longest fights in the entire episode. Let me check that. Um, 8.30. It is 8.30. That's the longest match on the show. Yeah. And uh, LOD 2000 comes out like anybody cares. <laughs> Yeah, they, they, they just kind of stand there. And the best part is Triple H and X Pac hop on the hop on like commentary, and and like so so they're they're taunting they're taunting Brett and er, they're, talk, they're talking lots of shit. Yeah, they're t- they're talking mad shit, and they're they're obviously hyping up Mister Ass. Um, and get, and, and at one point X Pac asks like, "Hey, what's LOD doing here with their thumbs up their asses?" And I was like, "You know what, X Pac? That's a great question. I'm wondering the same thing." Can you explain no. yourselves, boys? We, we get. Uh, I think X Pac calls Owen Owen fart, and <laughs> uh, so Blake, juvenile. Blake calls Sunny, who is LOD's manager, calls her skanky. Yeah, he tries to. X Pac tries and fails to make a blowjob joke about like yeah, they, holding their helmets. Yeah, he's he's talking. He's talking about like Sunny doing what she does best, holding, holding head. head. What? Like, I I get what he's going. He's trying to say, yeah, but it didn't work. It, it, it did not work. Did not work remotely. Um, and uh, LOD aren't even good at the job they're apparently there to do, which is to stop <laughs> DX from interfering because China inter start calls the distraction, and LOD are nowhere to be found until way too late. Yeah. Um. But still, um, um. Owen manages to get the dub on Mr. Ass, except in a weirdly messy way. Um, it's 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 kind of implied that like the ref, not even like intentionally screw jobs, but just like the ref messes up the count and yeah, then Mr. Was, was, Ass like kicks out before. Yeah, he just like <clears throat> yeah. So they do like a roll up thing because Billy Gunn was was uh was doing too much taunting mm-hmm. instead of pinning. Yeah, and Owen Hart gets a flash pin, but like yeah, like it it's very. It's very iffy that like Billy Gunn kind of looked like he might have gotten his shoulder up before the three count, and so DX storms the ring to complain about that, and and Owen and 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 the LOD hightail it out of there. Mm-hmm. And 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 yeah, and DGen X is like really mad about it, which like between Austin and I, we're not really sure whether or not that was intentional. I'm kind of in the camp that it was because the way DX was reacting to it made it look like that was supposed to be scripted, but I have no idea like what that would be leading up to, like what the payoff for that might be. Yeah, I don't know either. So I if anything, it just seems like a weird, like a weird way to kind of like pay reparations for the Montreal screw job. Oh no, 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 no. Uh, you'll know when they do Montreal screw job references, you'll, you'll know <laughs> oh, this no. wasn't it. This this wasn't it. No, they're oh. a lot more explicit than oh. that. Oh, oh boy, man. Oh yeah, I forgot. New gen or er, <laughs> shit. I messed. I'm. I'm. I messed up a bit. Uh, attitude error doesn't do subtlety. No, they. They. No, they have never been subtle about when they when they're cracking a joke about the screw job. They have yeah. never been subtle about it. So this wouldn't be it. It's either they intentionally did. They intentionally did it as just like a way to keep the story going for no or it was a mistake on the referee's part they kind of just have to roll with it <clears throat> yep that that, that, that 
and if it was the latter, like good on them. They did roll with it well. We got we got like good reactions from DX and people seemed mm-hmm. to take it in stride. There wasn't really any visible like upset if it was Yeah, you would yeah, if it was a mistake, you would not know it. Yeah. Um and I could see them at the very least, even if it were a mistake, like writing to to like writing around that at some point mm-hmm. in the future, like kind of lampshading it later on. So I I would say we'll see, but we won't. But uh but like it, sure, handled it with grace if, if whether or not it was intentional. Um it was that was fun enough i for as much as i like started off like really hating on dx like mostly just because i do not like Shawn michaels as a person like mm-hmm. i've i've started to like really have a lot of fun with dx they are fun heels to watch especially now that Shawn michaels is out um they're mm-hmm. fun they're fun to watch i i i love i love triple h I love xbox the rest of the guys that's fine um and yeah but so 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 it was fun and again poor owen is just doing his best to like keep the dignity of the Hart family alive in the company and he's he's trying all right could have just gone to wcw and probably joined the nwo owen yeah well he did he he needed he needed the respect all right Um, anyway but yeah and then and then we get the main event we already talked about that plenty yeah so i will talk about though yeah the interesting yeah the extra attitude Hmm. so the so this is a thing that i didn't know about is that um, this was these last 10 minutes of what we have on the Peacock app are extra like what happened after the show went off the air on cable. This was originally, this was originally only for the live audience. WWE though films everything and they mm-hmm. must have re-released this at some point. And so we get to see what happens in the aftermath of man of dude love um, leaving stone cold uh, for dead. <laughs> <laughs> um, he is dude love kind of just pieces out eh. yeah. and uh f- and uh you know austin's kind of picking picking himself up and we get degeneration x running out uh according to uh wikipedia this was a technically a dark match between lod 2000 stone cold and the undertaker versus dx and kane <laughs> uh didn't feel like a real match in any way <laughs> So yeah, okay, the, end, the bell gets rung. Yeah, so DX runs out and they start kicking Austin's ass. Uh, then um, LOD comes out to to fight with DX. Then Kane comes out to fight with the LOD. Then Undertaker runs out to fight with Kane, and it ends up kind of clearing house where it, where um, Austin and the LOD get an advantage. Uh, Austin hits the stunner on Road Dog and he pins him for the one, two, three because apparently there was a match. Yeah, and yeah, and then Stone Cold gets to kind of cut a promo to send the crowd home to be in like this wasn't what I wanted, and I guarantee like if you want to see Stone Cold Steve Austin kick somebody's ass next week, give me a hell yeah, yeah. Hell yeah, yeah. Oh, I did. Uh, that reminded me. I forgot to mention the thing from the main event where uh, Steve Austin oh, does yeah, another hell yeah. Am I gonna kick? So if you think that Austin, Steve Austin, is gonna kick Vince McMahon's ass, give me a hell yeah. Vince McMahon gets on the mic and goes, "If you think that the Vince McMahon is gonna beat Stone Cold Steve Austin, give me a hell yeah." And the crowd goes, "Hell no." Yeah, that was funny. I I I, I always love when the crowd's like all in tune for that stuff. <laughs> it's like it's it's like a more organized version of the daniel bryan thing yeah i, I would have laughed if not, instead of chanting they just went silent <laughs> yeah that, that would have been funny too but i also love the very organized hell no 
Yeah, but anyway, back to the extra stuff. But yeah. But yeah, it, it this kind of stuff exists. Uh, we've never really talked about the live event aspect because, well, we're we watching haven't been the to one. We're, we're not being to one and we're watching a TV show. So yeah. what? But because now it's being shown to us, let's go ahead and talk about it, is like the notion of sending the crowd home happy. Um, the show ended on a downer note for the TV audience, you know, and but it is super common practice in WWE at least, and and in other wrestling companies too. They do that too. They do they do they do the the notion of it of like sending the, letting the crowd go out with a good guy on time. Yeah, WWE is probably the one that pushes it the hardest, but yeah. So they they pretty much just added this dart this segment in after the show. So like. You know, after the crowd gets to be disappointed and in, in, in missing out on Austin versus McMahon, they chanted they chanted bullshit at it. Yeah, and and kind of end on a dour note overall. You, they get to watch like a, a lot of the big stars just kind of start throwing hands, and they get to see the Stone Cold Stunner, and all all the all end on a happy feeling. Yeah, like the 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 audience appeasement aspect of it was like for me again. My, I've made my feelings about like how this episode played out known, but like for me, it, for me personally, it felt like you know a little too little too late. But like I can understand mm. for like the live audience who's like caught up in the moment, like getting to see all these big stars come out one more time, and just go to town on each other, even if they're not like super connected to each other. Like yeah. there's no reason for like Kane and Undertaker to be there. They the D you know DX and DX and everyone else doesn't really have that much of a connection to Steve Austin. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just kind of all there to fight for reasons. Um, but I, I can understand like the audience appeasement aspect did seem effective. They seemed into it. And like Austin got a great final moment on the mic uh, to, to kind of like recover from the wounded pride of how the fricking McMahon fight fight in heavy quotations turned out. Yeah. And I, I can say as someone with plenty of, of live event experience for me is that like being there live and in that moment definitely adds a positive t- to it. Like I, I I'll be like, I, I'll be honest. I've probably never been to what would be considered a good episode of, of raw. Like they're probably all mediocre at best if I went back and rewatch them now, but like in that moment, like I've, I've always had a great time. And I think that just as being there has a certain energy to it. And also there's a certain energy to the, uh, to the send the crowd home happy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So like, so on TV, like it doesn't play well, which makes sense for like why they don't show it on TV. Right. Uh, Cause if you're, if you're like watching on TV and you're frustrated about how the episode ended, you're not going to be that appeased by like the seeing right, that, this like, like random, random like, nonsense, messy ending, but like, yeah, in person, I can see it working. I, I understand from a business sense why they go for that. Sure. Mm-hmm. Fine. I'll allow it. Yeah. Um, and, and, and it does like, it does make the episode, I will say, feel at least a little bit more complete, even to me, just mm-hmm. still not like satisfying, just a little more like, ah, eh, we have a full narrative now, at least instead of just whatever the fuck that was that I just watched. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I have, <clears throat> I have positive feelings about the McMahon, um, the McMahon Austin and the Austin dude love stuff overall, mm-hmm. because I've seen more of it as it goes on. I think it is pretty good storyline, but yeah, I would not say it was a very good start. <laughs> no, not at all. This was not, this was not the way to begin it. And what a way to end our attitude era. I know it's wild to think that like I've been saying, it's wild to think we're done with this for a while. This has felt like it's become such a staple, like. It's it's for certainly for me become such a staple of my understanding of how WWE has evolved as a company, considering like what a game changing time in the in its history this was, um and 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 it it really was kind of the prototype for the modern era in a lot of ways. 
we've seen things that have come to be standard practice for the modern era birthed out of this. Um, the way they kind of run episodes, the way they kind of switch around where the main event is, um, all that sort of stuff um, is it, it started here. Um, and it's been cool to see like this as an example of like, you know, starting off trying to reinvent the company and it was messy mm -hmm. and it was imperfect and yeah. how the, the formula has slowly been starting to get perfected and distilled over the years. Um, kind of seeing the starting yeah, point. Yeah, even here. even within the context of the Attitude Era, there like mm -hmm. it gets bet there. Ninety nine is it can be up and down, but like year two thousand, which is kind of like the end, the tail end of the Attitude Era, mm -hmm. is kind of considered by many people like the best year of WWE ever. Oh wow! So, we, I, if I knew more about two thousand, we'd probably do something from there, but in the near future but yeah you know i even even within the attitude era they they are they they kind of figure out how to do this best yeah we see that we see the company learning in real time and it's mm -hmm. imperfect and i have a as as you as dear viewers will know i have a lot of criticism of this era of its writing of mm -hmm. how it executes a lot of things but there's something admirable uh, admirable about it i don't want to ever downplay some of the like damage this is the you know, some mm -hmm. some like more toxic elements of this era did to the company but the 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 reinvention the finally taking taking things in bold new directions ultimately saving the company there's something deep down that i can't fault the this era for and that i that i do admire it for and mm -hmm. that i'm i'm happy that it kind of found its footing in this way do I wish it could have been better? Sure, but we're seeing now the version of it that's better in the modern era, all the mm -hmm. stuff that it evolved from starting here. And that's been the best part of Attitude Era for me, of, of just seeing where the reinvention began, seeing this next step, this definitive next step in the evolution, and knowing how it, where it goes from here. Yeah, I think that the Attitude Era was really the turning point of, of WWE trying to treat their TV shows like important TV shows mm -hmm. and it not feeling like an extended commercial for a live show that it was yeah. in the before from this. And yeah, I not a lot. There's a lot that doesn't work with me, especially um, I, with 2021 eyes. Um, I was three years old in 1998. There's just, I have a, you know, and, and you can call it being an SJW snowflake or whatever that you want. My point is, is I have different sensibilities than the, than the, than the people making this show or the people watching this show in 1998. So I can't appreciate the show the same way that they might, but I can't deny that it was very, very successful and it was very, very popular. Yeah. Yeah, and and that's something we have to acknowledge. Like mm -hmm. the, there, for all its for all its imperfections, mm -hmm. um, there is something to be said for the popularity it had. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think I, I like to think that over the time over the time we spent in this era, um, we've been able to analyze kind of the dynamic it, it had with the broader culture at the time mm -hmm. and with the crowds that saw it. And again, looking to the future, kind of 
what it, all the all the precedent it set going for for what for what came after it. Yeah. Um and I don't want to end on the on this on this note of almost like attitude era was crap. No, I don't want I don't I don't want to end on that either. I do I do think that that even the even if there's stuff that doesn't work for me, there's a lot of stuff where I I watch it and I'm like, yeah, I kind of see how this got so big. Like when you look, I think if you look at the top guys of this time period, you look at mm-hmm. the Stone, Stone Cold, The Rock, DX, Kane and Undertaker, Mick Foley, Vince McMahon. Like it's super easy to watch, look at their stuff specifically and understand why they got so popular and both they individually and they, the company. Yeah. Doesn't necessarily work for us. And again, things we wish we could change, but mm-hmm. it it's set in history as, as, um, as this cultural turning point for the company, um, and it's been really fascinating to come to understand why, like, it worked the way it did. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, just a just a cool just a cool exploration. And this is you know the first time we've like really finished with an era. Um, yeah. And, and, and we will be back with the attitude oh, yeah. era, not to be cynical about it, but a, a lot of our most viewed episodes are the attitude era. Um, and it's, it's popular. Like when we say like, like we've discovered how popular you? it is yeah, in, in real also, time. And we have three more years of WWF attitude era to talk about mm. before we get to really an end point for them. But for now we're gonna put a pin in it. Yeah. And, and, decent place to put a pin in it god i yeah. wish we could have gotten an actual fight out of it but it it feels it still feels complete in that like mm-hmm. we've seen an arc play out yeah um we saw the first physical interaction between austin and mcmahon mm-hmm. building to the first fight yeah that they have and in the background we've gotten to see things like the 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 kane undertaker the 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 the, the early stages of the kane undertaker feud the the rise of the rock um the the um the 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 background um sleeper star of Mick Foley um all this stuff that that down the line is seen as so culturally impactful um that kind of we got to watch simmer in the background which was really kind of cool um mm-hmm. and that that's that, that's some of the stuff that I'm going to definitely remember about this era is all the little things that have now grown up to be as legendary as they are. This is where it began. And even seeing little glimpses of it. Um, and and then getting to see like in in some like later era stuff we watch when we're in the 2010s, seeing how, even how some of it pays off. Um, it's 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 just cool to watch. Um, yeah. and and that's 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 been so much fun to just kind of see. I, I I'm gonna sound like a broken record, just see kind of where all of this began, the beginning of modern WWE was here and there's a lot to be said for that there is uh so uh before i go into the next episode mm-hmm. do you want to do you want to do you want to talk do you want me to go ahead and throw out there like what our next arc is for this like slot because i, I would know, i would love, I already know I'd love where to know like what is replacing this in our schedule yeah what's what's uh what what's our what's what's coming up to to replace attitude i was gonna ask that yeah yeah so i i originally was going to do a something from the post attitude era the pre-pg era because i like hmm. that i wanted to do but then like our conversation uh, seeing our stuff with like 
Rey Mysterio in 2011, and the and the light heavyweights absolute disastrous <laughs> oh, treatment boy. in 90 in WWF. I decided I'm gonna be nice to David and give him <gasps> and let's go. Like we've talked about, we watched the rise of the WWF in the Attitude Era. Let's go to the other side of this coin. We're going back to 1996, and we're gonna start see the rise of of wcw which is intrinsically tied with the beginning of the new world order of wrestling brother (laughs) oh my god i'm excited we've talked about this like on and off so much it's been it's been woven through it's a lot of talk about this has been woven through like our our attitude era and kind of new generation stuff so now finally getting to see it for real yeah let's do it Oh, I guess I'll have to do that. The Ted Turner, Vince McMahon convo again. Yes. My favorite thing in the universe, but that's for a little ways down the line. We have a few mm. episodes in between. That's how our scheduling blocks work. Yes. So what is our next episode? Our next episode mm. is our 25th episode, David. Ooh, milestone. And, and it's time to, to shake things up a little bit because we've, we've been covering wrestling. For so much on this show, wrestling weird, on right? this wrestling podcast, get 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 it out of here. Yeah, but on our second episode, please don't go back and watch to confirm to me on this because it's not <laughs> not worth it. Um, but all the way back on our, on our second episode, I casually mentioned that Hulk Hogan released a music album. <laughs> so I felt for a real milestone episode. Let's talk about that. Next time, we are going to talk about uh, Hulk Hogan's uh, 1996 album, Hulk Rules. Hulk Rules. Hulk Rules. Damn it, I messed it up. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Oh, this is going to be good. I've been waiting for this, and it's going to be a ton of fun, guys. Just you wait. It's going to be a something. Strap in. So, David, I think it's time for you to hit the plugs. Yes, sir. My friends, we've made it through our first time through the Attitude Era. Thank you for joining us on this journey. I hope you continue to keep joining us in the future. No matter what era we're on, uh, we always love having you all join us. If you have been joining us for a long time, thank you. We love having you here. Keep joining us. We love it. We love it when people are listening in. If you're new here, if this is your first time joining us, welcome. We are delighted to have you. If you would like to continue to join us and you're not entirely sure how to do so, not to worry, my friends. I am here to help. First of all, subscribe to us on YouTube. We are the Noobs and Knockouts podcast. Hit subscribe, ring the bell, comment, like, add us to your playlist, whatever. Um, if you as a as a as a as a uh, shout out to the YouTube page, if you want to follow our storylines, um, we have those in YouTube playlists for you yes. to at least see what episodes belong where. Yes, go era by era. Uh, it's nice and organized, mm-hmm. a lot of fun. Um, if uh, if you want the more straight up visual exp- or uh, audio experience, pardon me, uh, you can follow us on three of the best places to get your podcast: Spotify, Apple, and Google. Follow us, uh, like us, give us ratings. Uh, just generally, you know, tell us what you think of the show. Give us those downloads. Ooh, we love seeing those download numbers. Oh, they're getting so big. Oh, we love it. Um, so uh, we we love it. We love having people join us on those platforms as well. 
um definitely be sure to check us out again the noobs and knockouts podcast uh if you'd like to follow us on social media we can be found on twitter at noobs and knocks pod that's noobs the letter n knocks pod uh we post about our episodes and they drop every week uh we, we 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 post memes and uh broadly discuss and engage with the broader wrestling fandom community um and austin takes to the very fun practice of live tweeting weekly wrestling would you like to let us know what the schedule is going to be upcoming austin yes uh it is it yes uh it is uh you can go ahead and call justin timberlake because it's gonna be may what (laughs) is what have we got going on this month as usual i we we live tweeting every wednesday night aew dynamite on TNT at 8 p.m. Eastern because it's the one wrestling show I can guarantee that I will watch live every week. And mm-hmm. why not? Why not take the one thing I watch live and make it a monetization for this podcast? Yes. In addition, um, this month, I always cover the Impact, WWE, and AEW pay-per-views. And this month, we got a couple of them. We On, on May 16th, we have wwe wrestlemania backlash and um and on may 30th we have aew double or nothing so follow me for both of those for those as well absolutely and finally uh we have a patreon we would love it if you subscribe to it uh you we can be found once again the noobs and knockouts pod uh sorry noobs and knockouts podcast um $1 a month gets you early access to episodes and a shout out at the end of each episode. Yep. We'll see you guys next time. Hasta luego.